Thank you for choosing this Dream Center podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for further updates. Well, this morning, um, I want to talk to you um, about something which, it's one of those things I didn't think I'd be talking about, but you know when God leads you to a book and you open your Bible and says, go to this book, and you're, okay, fair enough. So we'll, uh, we'll see where we go this morning. Um, the title of what I've called this morning is Forging the Unseen. That's what we've got, Forging the Unseen. Um, and what I want to do, I believe that, if you agree, that many of us feel that we feel partly defined and partly we ident- class a part of our identity with the skills and the talents that, that we each have and possess. Would you, would, would you say that's right? So, for example, you've got, for example, your job. So, you know, in my job, I, I find a level of, of, of being sort of identified with that because I'm a provider. It makes me a provider in my home. Or if you, if you work, you're a contributor to the finances. So it gives you a sense of, of identity and, and belonging and, and, and kind of like a confidence, doesn't it? Your job. Also, there's things like your hobbies and your interests. I often, I often find that your hobbies and your interests are also your passions. You know? I mean, anyone who talks to my son over the last six months to a year will know there's, there has, he has two passions. One is a computer game called Minecraft and one is model railways. And my dad has, has been tre- trekking my son halfway around the country to different model railway fairs. Um, and it's, it's, it's great to see that. I mean, it's not what I would have... Uh, it's not my, I wanted to be a footballer, but, you know, it just doesn't work like that. But it makes us an individual, doesn't it? It makes us a level of individual, individuality. But then we have those, we also have responsibilities. And responsibilities as a parent, responsibilities of, of things that you maybe do outside of, of, of these walls, whether you're, whether you're a treasurer for a club or you do something else. But we all have these, these different things, our jobs, our hobbies and interests and our responsibilities, responsibility, which each give us um, a sense of this is, this is who I am and this is what I can do. Yeah? But what I want to explore today is how, although these things are great, sometimes these things can actually hinder the fullness of what God wants to do within us. Because over years, you develop and you build up in your, a picture of yourself about what you can and can't do, of who you are and who you are not. And I want us to look at it as where God is taking us now. We have to re-examine these because, because the potential is, is that by, because we've, you know, if you're, if you're many people here, are, well, you're above 18, that's why you're in this room. So therefore, you've been on the earth long enough to have time to have calculated all these things. They can actually become stuck. And you begin to have a set thing. This is what I can do, and this is what I can't do. And I want to look at that. So first of all, I'd like you to turn with me, if you would. To 1 Corinthians, um, and we're going to go 1 Corinthians 12, starting from verse 4. So I'll give you a second while I have a drink. Singing makes you thirsty. Okay. <laughs> All right, over there. So, so 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to start from verse 4, going to verse 11. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. 
There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, is, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. Yet to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So well-known scripture. So the first thing that we all, we all receive here, we have all been given gifts. We have all been given something that is unique to you. You know, if you read on in this scripture, uh, Paul talk, the Apostle Paul talks about the body of Christ, that if we were all ears, then who, then who would hear? Sorry, say that again. If we were all eyes, then who would be left in the body to hear? You know, if we, were, if we all had mouths... Then who will be left in the body to walk? If, you know, we, we, there must be an array in all of us. That means we complement the body in its fullness. Amen? And so we must understand. But, and, but the one thing that you see all the way through is that whatever we have, whatever we are given, the same spirit must be at work within us. You see, sometimes when you see a gift and you see, even in yourself, you can look at something you have. Is it the same spirit? Is the same frequency? Is the same fruit flowing from one thing as is in another? Because if it, because what, what, what does it else say? It says each manifestation is given not for us, but for the common good. The biggest thing we have to look at is that the gifts we have are not for ourselves to keep. And to hold on to. But they are for the common good of the body of Christ. They are for, for God to work through all and in all. The same God is at work in every single thing we have. Amen. But at times. But at times. We see that. That's not how. What we see in reality. And, then, and the next thing we see from this passage is that. None of this, the gifts that come. Are limited. So, for example, the message of wisdom. Does God say the message of wisdom is only a message of wisdom with these four things here? Or the message of, 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 of knowledge by that same spirit is only these four things here? No, why? Because God doesn't limit us. God doesn't limit us, say, well, unless, unless you are good in this area, this area, this area, then you can just forget it. The, the Bible very specifically gives all these different array of gifts, but there are no limitations except that they are distributed in the measure and to whom the Spirit determines. So therefore, it's not a case of we get all of them, but it's a case of that we are given some of them. Amen? But what I found, and what if we find not just in here, but in many, many, many churches, is that People in church seem to think that unless they fit a very specific profile, that they, are, they do not qualify to serve fully in the kingdom of God. We seem to think that, well, unless I'm a speaker, or unless I'm a musician, or unless I'm a techie guy, or unless I'm, you know, so, something that, you know, you, look at, you give all these headlines, well, I don't fit into any of those categories. And so therefore, I can't be used. Or the only thing I can do 
is make a cup of tea. Not that I'm belittling that, understand. I'll come to that. But we have to understand that God doesn't put those limitations on us. Those limitations come from within ourselves. And our perception of that which God has given to us. Because there are things that God, because in everything that we do, every outwork of the physical must have a spiritual manifestation. That's why God gives us individual skills and gifts and talents. Not just so that we can go and do whatever it is in the physical, but there must be, the same spirit must be at work in everything we are given. But, but what we find is that people belittle themselves in the, in the house of God. So you, you may, you look, well, I can't do what Paul does, and I can't do what Nick does, and I can't do what Jenny does, or I can't do what somebody else does. And so what happens is, we, is over, over years, because you've set in your mind, well, this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm not good at, but this is what I like, and this is what I don't like. What we find is that we have a passive mentality and a defeatist attitude. And the house of God then begins to suffer and you begin to suffer because what we have allowed to build up and what we've allowed to define ourselves with actually limits us. And so, when, and so where we are in the spirit now, which I'm going to take us to in a little while, where we're going, you possibly, as we see ourselves now, you possibly couldn't go. Because you've already made your mind up of what you have and what you haven't. And we must, we must see the timing of God in order. See, the, the other thing is this, is that it's not just about what I'm good at, but it's how we use what we have. See, many people, when you talk to many people in church, they say, you know, well, God has given me this, 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 this particular skill, uh, and that's my job. So it's not, being, it's, not, it's not to be used for the church. It's, it's, this is my job for me to pay my bills. And how do I serve the kingdom of God? Well, I tithe. So I'm doing my bit because I'm tithing. And we have this mentality that says, no, no, no. This gift is not, is not spirit-led. This is just God's giving me this gift just so I can have a job, so I can provide for my family. But, I, you know, and, and I could even, I could potentially argue that case because, let's be honest, I work for a bank. Can anybody tell me what, is, what, am I do, what, what does having a bank and being in finance have anything to do with leading worship? It doesn't, does it? Trust me, I don't have a banjo when I'm in the bank. <laughs> you don't get a singing receipt with your money, <laughs> okay? I mean, I'm sure that would be quite funny, but I, mean, I, don't, I don't have that. The bank don't really like that. But it, it, it doesn't. But that doesn't mean that what I've been given, and I've and got to show me clear that what I've been doing in my job, there is a spiritual outworking in it. But many of us tell ourselves, no, 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 this is just for my thing. Or that we, we limit ourselves by saying, well, you know, I, I'm just, um, you know, uh, as my responsibility. It's, it's not for, I can't use my responsibility as a mother uh, in the church. It's, that's just my job to be a mother for my kids. Because that's what God wants me to do, to, to be a housewife and to raise my children well. Yeah, he does that. But at no point does God say there is no spiritual outworking of what that is. There must be a spiritual manifestation in every single thing. Why? Because it's not given for you. It's not just for you. It's given for the common good of the body of Christ. Amen? And we must see that this, where we are going... We cannot keep this mentality. This mentality will not allow us to go where God is taking us. And so what I want, 
Oh, what I want you to do, uh, I, want, I, I, want, I, want you to, I want you to look at Joel 3, if you could. If I want you to turn to Joel 3. And um, this sprung out to me. This was one of those ones where God said, turn to Joel. I didn't even know where Joel was. I'm going to be honest with you. don't really read Joel very often. The book of Joel, not Job, Joel. Joel. And it's uh, chapter 3. And we're going to go... Verse 9 uh, to 11, and then, because I'll go to it later, but I'll forget to tell you if I don't tell you now. Uh, also, verse 12 and 13. Is that okay? But one of the things that... Um... Okay. Are we all there? We found it? Okay. So it says in verse 9, Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weaklings say, I am strong. Come quickly, all you nations from every side and assemble there. Bring down your warriors. Now before I talk more about that, I was, as, as, as many of you know, uh, there was a wedding yesterday, okay? And as probably, as many of you also know, there was a cleaning day two days before, on the Thursday, yeah? Now, I, w- I went to this cleaning evening, it was much fun, and uh, I, I, we also had, I had a practice, so I had, t- I had two reasons to be there, but there was... Um, I was, I was looking for a job to do. I was being given a job and I'd done my first job. I was looking for another job because there was quite a lot of things to do. And um, Jane was cleaning the boys' toilets. But then there's this problem. When you're a girl and you clean the boys' toilet and a boy needs the toilet, you're not really supposed to be there, are you? And plus the fact, I wouldn't want to put it on Jane to have to clean the toilet after a boy's used it because that just wouldn't be very nice, would it? Um, so it kind of, she looked at me and I looked at her and it's like, I'm going to have to do this, aren't I? <laughs> Now, the thought almost cropped up into my mind. You know what? I'm not really a natural cleaner. Now, if I'd have said that to you, I'm not a natural cleaner, how many of you would have slapped me in the chops (laughs) and said, can you use a sponge? Yes. Can you put it in water? Yes. Can you add some soap to it? Yes. Can you make this movement? Well, clearly, yes. Then shut up, you're a cleaner. Anyone can be a cleaner. Yes? The difference is, was my attitude towards it. I didn't like cleaning. But it doesn't mean to say I can't do it. I'm not particularly comfortable cleaning. Because I don't, it's not something I, I mean, my wife will will, will tell you. I haven't cleaned our toilet for many years at our house. I do other things that I'm all right doing. Like I'll do the pots and I'll do a bit of ironing. And I might vacuum, vacuum, but but, but cleaning and that kind of stuff, no. But you know what? I clean every inch of that toilet. I cleaned, I cleaned all in that. And you know, but you know what? Afterwards, I felt good. I felt, you know what? If the bride's father wants to go for a pee now, he can do so in a clean room. Hey, I felt good in myself. It was great. But the thing is, is this. The thing is, is this, is that 
one you need to what 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 really was disappointing and I'm going to be absolutely truthful with you here is that Chris and Kath were there and Tiffany's parents were there and her family if they weren't there probably no more than about 10% of the church came but it was announced for two weeks on the trot that there was going to be a cleaning and the cleaning wasn't just for the wedding the cleaning was for the house in general because we cleared out a load of stuff didn't we yeah now here's the question how many people if you're honest even though it had been announced twice how many of you forgot I'm not going to ask you to tell me. How many of you just forgot? But how many of you just decided, I don't want to go. You can give yourself whatever excuse you want. I'm tired. I'm this, I'm that. I'm not saying any of them are, 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 are not valid. I'm just saying you weren't there. Now, what we're looking at here is the Bible says in verse 9, Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. And I want you to now, I want, I want, I'm now going to take you to a piece from um, the prophecy that Dr. Jonathan spoke about in 2011. The reason why I'm showing you this is because you need to see that God is consistent in what he says. He's do, you know, our language is currently get in the boat, stay in the boat, cross to the other side. We're going over to take over. But yet two years ago, it was different language, but yet it's still the same message. And it says here, it says, therefore, the Lord would say unto you, you have a position to rise in the spirit. Let the lion of Judah rise on the church in England. Let the churches in England rise in this hour. And then later it says, the Lord would say unto you, the strength of the church in England, the churches in England will begin to rise and provide strength for battle so that they will hold back the works of the enemy. Here's the thing. If you don't see what you're fighting for, you won't rise and fight. A warrior will not be roused unless he knows what he's fighting. You cannot... You cannot um, prepare for war if you don't even know what the war is. Yeah? Now, when you, now, now, let's just use this clean as an example. If you don't see the wedding and you don't see that there is a wedding and that actually, wouldn't it be nice if the bride and groom can walk down the aisle to a clean building, to something that looks fresh and wonderful and where everybody in the building benefits, then you're not going to turn up. You're not going to go out of your comfort zone. Because I'll be honest with you, I bet there's quite a few in here that are like me that you're not really a natural cleaner. I bet there's a few, isn't there? But you know, if the ch- how can if you've got an army and only 10% are roused for war, what are your chances of victory? What are the chances of victory? Now I'm now I'm not using this. I'm using this as as a example because God showed it me while I was physically cleaning a toilet. Okay, I'm just using what was there. I'm not there to beat you on the head that you, if you weren't there Thursday. Let's don't co- focus on that. But still, if you were just lazy, then I'm just going to say, let your spirit, you know, speak to you. Next time's a cleaning day. <laughs> yeah, but the reality is, is that if we don't see. And hear what God keeps saying. Why are we in the boat? We're in the boat to get to the other side. And when we get to the other side, there's a job for us to do. Amen? There's a job for us to do on the other side. But we have to be willing to be roused. 
We have to see what we're fighting for, what we're moving for, what we're going forward for. Because if you don't, you will never, all you will do is go, well, I'm not comfortable doing this. And because I'm not comfortable doing this, because I have a preset conception of what I do like to do and what I don't like to do, what I feel like I can do and what I feel like I can't do, you will never stretch yourself, you'll never take yourself out of where you feel comfortable. And you will never function at any greater level than where you are now. But But God has said, all have been given gifts. All of you have been given gifts. And there is a spiritual expression. Let me ask you, are all of the spiritual gifts in in, in Corinthians 12 being expressed in this house right now? No. So what does that mean? That in some of you are gifts that you do not yet know you have. And why? Because even the weakling shall say, I am strong. God does not desire a church where 10 or 15% of the church... Have all the gifts. That's stupid. That's not logical. That doesn't work. No, ma- no strategy man. And we have the greatest strategist of all time. Because we have the God who sees the beginning from the end. No man is going to say. I'm only going to give all of the gifts. To these three people here. But we must. In this time. We must learn to do this. In verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Because you see, many times we have this set pattern of what my plowshare is, what I can do, what my tools are. And and what we do is because we have allowed ourselves, because we live in the world, we work in the world, we allow ourselves to be fixed in what we can do and what we can't. And what God has given us and what God hasn't. And so therefore, there is no spiritual expression that God needs. See, that expression is fine. But what we have to understand is that there is a new expression that God is wanting to bring to the house. And he's a new expression and a new manifestation that God wants to bring into your life. But it takes a period of forging. Now we're in a boat, we're in a safe place, we're in a place where God is, we're in a place where the waves can't get us, the winds will not, will not deter us, we are going over to the other side. But in the, in the Israelites, when they were crossing over, when they crossed over the Jordan before they went to take Jericho, it said that the tribes were sent over and there were 60,000 warriors ready. They got off first. They were ready. They were warriors and what we have to understand is you, you have all the potential in the world to be a warrior, to be what God wants you to be. Because it says, see, here's the thing, you know, we, we take so much of our, ourselves of what we see in the physical. Well, I'm either educated or I'm not educated. Well, let me tell you, do you need to be an educated person that when you go into the spirit, you go into the spirit world, you see things in the spirit? Do you have to be, do you have to be well educated to read your Bible? Can we all read? Yes. So do you have the ability to see a word and the Spirit say, that word is for that person and that, that word can change someone's life? Do you have the ability to see a word and to give it to pastor and it, cha- and it gives them a whole level of revelation that they never had before? That is in you. That is in me. But some of us, we just write ourselves off. And, there's two, and, you, and you have to ask yourself, partly, is it because you've only seen this or is it because you don't want to go into something? See, we can't all just become, you know, we'd all love, I mean, I'm sure you've all had the, the dreams where there's a situation where you are 
And you think, God, I'd just love to be able to place my hand on that person they get up off their deathbed. Wouldn't we all love that? But the question is, are we willing to re-examine that which God has given us and see how it needs to be forged to become a sword in the spirit? We already heard what the sword was this morning. The sword of the spirit. That when we speak, that when we go, these things have got to be changed in us. Because as it stands, if we have the attitude of, well, I'm not really a cleaner, we're never, you're never going to develop. And the, and, the, and the true and fullness of God will never be revealed in your life. I gave a word before Christmas it was. And I said that I saw the word and I saw the spirit. And I saw a key and they were locked together. And when the key was placed in and was locked in place, sparks begun to fly. And as they fly, God says, the true potential in, the, in my people will start to be released if they take hold of the word and the spirit and put them together. Because we have to see where God is taking us to. So let's go to where God is taking us to. If you go into the... When we see what God is taking us, let's see why now, why now. Well, the reason why now is because God has given us a position to rise now. The word that was two years old, the prophetic word that came to us from Dr. Jonathan, the word is, now is the time to rise. God foresaw this time ages ago. This is not by chance. This is in God's eternal plan. So now is the time to rise. So the things that maybe limited you before will no longer limit you so long as you are able to freshly open your heart to God and say, right, revealing me now, what is it that I don't see? And that you have to have a heart to say, I'm willing to become uncomfortable so that you can forge in me that which I presently see as a passion or as an interest or as a responsibility or as a job to something which can can glorify your kingdom and be used for the common good. And that there be a spiritual expression and a manifestation in everything that I do. Because I tell you, I I cannot... Well, uh, I'll stay in a minute. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Look in verse 12. Look in verse 12 of this, of this scripture. It says, Let the nations be roused. Let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes, for the winepress is full, and the vats overflow, so great is their wickedness. Why? Why are we doing this now? Because the harvest is ready for us. Because, because, and I tell you now, in the last three months, I have had more doors open for me as a youth leader than I have in the last three to five years. People are coming to me. I'm not even finding them. I'm not looking for them. But what I'm finding is that as I can, now that I've continued to submit my, see my job is, I'm, I'm, I work for a bank. That's fair enough. I work in finance. God, do I have a ministry of finance? No, I don't. It's not, it's, it's not, I'm not, it's not that I won't do it, but I don't, I don't, I, I have a strong sense of what God is, but what I, what God has shown me, because I thought that my job was just so that I could earn enough money to then do what God wanted me to do. And there is an element of truth in that. But as, as God has shown me more, because I wanted to move into something different because I was getting bored, but then God showed me, no, no, no. Look at what you're learning, because if I'm because what, one of the things I've learned is how to deal with angry people, how to deal with conflict, how to see the, the benefits of my, of staff over myself. Because I have to learn if you're going to if you're going to go out somewhere, you've got to learn that you're going to face things that you're not you're not used to in church. 
Because where God is taking us is to go and take a land. Where God is taking us is to go into new places, to advance territories. That means it's not in the church. That means it's out of your comfort zone. That means you don't know what you're going to come up against. Amen? All you have is the spirit of faith to say that I believe that whatever is out there, God, I have a God who will conquer it. I have a God who will take me further than it and see me through it. But you see, what, what we have to... I've lost my train of thought now. Um, yeah. So what we have to see is that if we never, if we do not allow ourselves to see this, then we will have the defeatist attitude that I talked about before. Oh, I can't do that. But I'm, I'm happy just, to, I'm happy just to, to serve tea and coffee in there. I tell you now, God did not take all the trouble to create you simply for you to make a brew. You are better than that. You are worth more than that to God. That, now, now in, in, in Corinthians 12, it says that service and workings are a gift from God. So is it a valid role? Yes. Is it an important role? Yes. But there is more to you than just that. You are better than that. God has given you more of that. But now is the time where before maybe you didn't see it. Now God is saying, you must open your hearts to me afresh. Because I will pour out my spirit in these days in order for you to see that which you presently did not see before. And, and again, swing the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Come trample the grapes. To, right now, guys, it is time for us to labor together afresh. The time is coming to labor together afresh. When you're cleaning a building, it's not pleasant work, is it? It's not pleasant work. You get dirty. I was cleaning a box and there was a dinking spider. I ate them things. Blowing ate them things. I know that God loves all creatures, but I'm sure he was on a bad day when he created a spider. When I was walking there, there was another one. It's like they're everywhere, these things. But you know what? I just got to get over it and do it because the job needs doing. But afterwards, I felt good because I looked out because when we walked in here on Sunday morning, on Saturday morning, the place looked great. And you are all benefiting from the labor of the 10% on Thursday. But you see, what I found interesting was that on, th- on Saturday, pretty much everyone who came to clean also came on the, to the actual ceremony. Because they wanted to enjoy the fruits of the labor. But if there is no labor... And how can you have any joy in it? But God has included every single one of us. God has purposefully given you something to contribute. God has purposefully allowed you to go through, uh, through things so that there may be a spiritual manifestation through everything that you have been through in your life. Through everything that you are going to go through in your life. You see, the doors that are opening up for us, this year we've got the um, School of Ministry. Have we not in September? So let's just say 100 people come this year. And then it goes amazing. And the word spreads. And we have 300 next year. And we can't house them in the church. So we have to go somewhere else. Can 10% of the church of this size, will we be able to deal with that? If only 10% are willing. 
If only 10% are willing to go, you know what? This isn't really my forte, but I'm willing to give it a go. Actually, God, I'm not refusing to move. Unless you use me in this area, I ain't moving because this, this is my area. This is my thing. See, often our passions and our interests take us away from God. Because we, because we love doing it regardless of God. So we say, oh, God's given me this so I can, I can do this, this and this. And then we t- it takes us away. Our passions are interests. God, if God has given you a passion for it, it's to be used for the common good of his kingdom. And we must now re-examine ourselves, re-examine the gifts that we have potential, the potential that is in each one of us. Because the day is coming, the day is here now, where we must start to make the journey now while we are in the boat. While we are in the boat. Don't wait till you're on the battlefield to go, you know what, I really wish I'd been good with a sword. You don't really want to get to a six foot opponent and go, he's better than me, isn't he? <laughs> you, don't want to, you, don't want to be, you don't want someone to give you a crossbow in your hand and go, if I only had read the instruction manual. <laughs> if I only had to practice this. But in the spirit, we have been given a, a place to rise so that we may have strength. So even the weakling may say, I am strong. And the vats, it says, come trample the grapes. Why? Because our labor will cause the wine press to become full and to overflow. I believe this church, we are a resource center. We are a resource. We have been given a treasure trove. Now, so far, the immediate fruit from that is we've seen the Empire, we've seen the, the, the Unleashed, we've seen, we've seen the Man Up. But let me tell you, that's this much of what's in that treasure trove. But what's in that treasure trove is going to come through you. So if we don't start, if we don't, if our hearts are not open, then God cannot impart anything new into your life. God cannot show you your job in a totally different way and turn it upside down. God cannot show you that actually you've always told yourself you couldn't do this, but I'm, I'm forcing you to come into this area. Because why? Because as soon as you step into this, it's going to explode around you. Doors will open up for you and then you will see God use you in a way you never thought possible. And we as, and why? And then the glory all goes to him. And as a house, we all benefit. But not just us. Not just us. Because doors are opening because there are others who are recognizing that which is in this place. So we have a responsibility to go and help set a work up where, where, wherever there is a work to be had. Because there are good works, there must be expressions. It's not just for this house. God has given us a unique time in the spirit to prepare, to rise and to become ready. But we must understand there is a cause in the house and it's not miles away. It's right on our doorstep. And we must now, there must be a time where we come, where we, where we come to this place where we are willing to look at ourselves afresh, turn our hearts towards God and say, I'm ready to labor afresh. I'm ready to look at myself again. I'm ready to partner with new people. I'm ready to see whatever comes through that door. I'm willing to go out. I might be scared. I may have never had a passport before. I may not like going abroad, but you know what? I'll go and I'll see what's over there. I know that pastor needs something and I don't even know how I can help. But I just want to stand here and say, use me. Find a way to use me and see what God will do. Do, we, do you understand that there's, there's an urgency in the spirit at the moment to do this? We've got to see it. Wow, I've gone big. So, are we ready, church? Can we, can we see ourselves in this way? Can we allow ourselves to be changed? 
Can we allow the forging of what we see now to be the sword of the Spirit? To be an expression. Because I believe there are people in this house that will have the spirit of wisdom. That will have the spirit of wisdom in a situation that says, I can go, I can be a mum, and I can know all the hearts of them, but I can sit in a room full of other mums and tell them how to righteously get through that situation and set them free. I can be someone who has knowledge of people who don't know how to get out of situations, but I have a knowledge of it, so I will bring that into wherever I am. I, there are people who are believers who are going to have miraculous abilities, who are going to be able to heal, who are going to have faith to do extraordinary things, who are going to be able to determine between spirits. We are going to need people who can prophesy. We're going to need people who can see things in the spirit so that the rest of us can step into what God is doing. But we must all rise as a house so that the glory of God may come, not just for us, but for this nation, this city and the nations that God will send us to. Amen. Let's just rise together now. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, go to www.thedreamcentre.co.uk.